Welcome to the Film Reroll Fancast, where a group of internet strangers talk about our favorite podcast, The Film Reroll. We'll be going episode by episode, discussing choices made, roles that changed everything, and whatever the hell we think about during the conversation. Today, we're talking about Labyrinth, with Paolo as the GM and Jaws as Sarah. This is Paolo's tribute to David Bowie, who had passed away shortly before they recorded and released this episode. So I want to start by introducing everyone joining me today and ask you to name one of your favorite Bowie songs. Big Jack. Hello there. I think probably my favorite Bowie song is Fame, just because it's just so funky. Like it's just got that funk rock, and I just love that that, that sound. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's just groovy. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. It's a great choice. <laughs> awesome. And Rye. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be The Man Who Sold the World. Might not be many people's favorites, but I just feel like the tones and the emotions in the song resonate with me very well. Nice. And back again, Peter. Hello. Uh, thanks for having me back again. I got to go with Ziggy Stardust is definitely my go-to Bowie song. With a cl- closely followed, though, by Dancing in the Street, but only because of the music video. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That one's a fun video. My name is Anita, and my faves, I can't choose just one, Under Pressure and Let's Dance. Because I guess I'm just that basic girl that goes for the, you know, top hits or something. But... <laughs> I, I also am a Queen fan, and anytime there's a chance to include Freddie Mercury, I'm there. <laughs> Under Pressure was my, like, hardcore runner-up, too. <laughs> it's just so good. I found, like, it really Let's is. Dance was also my runner-up, just because also it's just, it just got yeah. fun to it. Like, it's just fun. It just gets you it's moving, a, eh? <laughs> Yeah, it's a really good time. So I guess we're going to start at the very beginning because I've heard it's a very good place to start. <laughs> Paolo's voice work. <laughs> Paolo's voice work in this is incredible. You totally put a lot of effort into that. Yeah. His hoggle is so spot on. <laughs> that was the first thing I wanted to bring up. His, his hoggle. It's, hog, it's hoggle, isn't it? I think so. Hoggle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hoggle. Yeah. Hogwarts? <laughs> Huddle. <laughs> so that's a, that's a question that I had because I never, I've never seen the movie. So yeah. is that, is that a bit from the movie? Oh, like the not knowing Hoggle's name or is that something that Jaws just decided to do? I've never I seen the movie. It's been a very long time since I've seen Labyrinth. So I might be wrong on this, but I feel like this is just something that Jaws does because we can see it this kind of cheeky undertone, not really like taking the whole world seriously and kind of the entire episode. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a great decision for her. Yeah, she seems, I, I can't tell if she just doesn't, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know if she just doesn't like the movie or just just kind of wanted to have fun with it. But yeah, she was definitely being pretty like cheeky and, and messing with Paolo a lot, I think throughout I it. I think, yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. And actually that, like one of the top things I wrote on my little note sheet was just the amount, like when Paolo opens, it doesn't even open it doesn't even feel like one of the regular reroll episodes because mm. he just comes in so like somber and, like you can tell this is going to be something that's a different beat and i think jaws comes in with that kind of lightheartedness to kind of level it out mm-hmm. maybe not intentionally but i think it was definitely there yeah i can answer your question i have not seen labyrinth so I did look up the script, though, and appa- <laughs> apparently Jareth gets Hoggle's name wrong. 
Like oh. he calls him the wrong name each time he addresses him. And he appears more in the movie than he did, I guess, throughout the time that Sarah is in the labyrinth in the re-roll. Mm-hmm. So I guess Jaws was picking up on that. And she came up with quite a few names for him, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah halfway through, I was wondering if she had a list or something, because he just, <laughs> just came right off the cuff every time it felt like. Well, she, she stopped. Came, he was just she changing the vowels each time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but halfway halfway through, she, she stopped doing it. <laughs> she started just calling him Hoggle. <laughs> she did. She stopped doing it. Um, she stopped doing it right around the introduction to Sir Didymus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it was just starting to be too many names to, to keep coming up with. I think so, but I think also she that's about where the respect for Hoggle kind of changes too. Mm-hmm. Like oh, before yeah. he was, you know, just kind of this creature she was with and he was there and he needed to be, especially once he needed to be rescued from the uh, swamp or, or whatever yeah, that was bog. called. The yeah, bog, yeah, yeah, the bog. Like I think she um, gained... The character gained a new respect for Hoggle as well and started just calling him Hoggle from then on. Well, that whole that whole peach scene took place right after that too, right? Like he suddenly had the food that he offered Sarah and then oh, yeah. she, she caught the lie and he admitted it to her. So yeah, I definitely think that was a change. Mm-hmm. Right. There were so many like weird, I mean, it's obviously a weird movie, but there were a lot of very weird moments, even in the re-roll of just, he's got a peach. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> where, sure. where did you get that? Right. <laughs> Like, yeah, Jaws, we didn't Jaws get the scene of, like, where Jared gives it to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, there is definitely stuff you miss out on tra- changing from a movie into the podcast thing. I, I mean, it's it's hard to do like cutaways to show what the villain is doing. So you really do get a sense of of the the main character not knowing, which is kind of fun. True. I, yeah. I, I guess we got to ask as well. In in the movie, you said that Gareth calls him different names. Is that intentional? Is he is he doing it because he, he forgets him, or is it because he's trying to like put him down or something? Is that is that because um, I, for- I haven't seen the movie? Right. From what I can tell, I think that Jareth as the Goblin King is putting Hoggle down. Okay. Apparently, Hoggle's not the most well-respected of the creatures living in the labyrinth. Well, I mean, who does garner respect from the Goblin King? Mm-hmm. That's true. I it think... does seem appropriate. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Maybe Sarah, but I'm not so sure. <laughs> there was, um, this was such a weird thing. They joke about, one thing I want to talk about, they joke about the vowels thing a lot. Like, they, they riff on that in other episodes. They make fun of Jaws for not being able to figure out the vowels thing. Yeah. But on re-listening to it, she does figure it out pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. she she tries to talk herself out of the answer and right. inadvertently gets the answer right. But I have this memory from the first time I listened to it and based on how much they make fun of it, that, oh yeah, it took 15 minutes for her to get it. And she got it in like two minutes, you know, of just, yeah. I mean, the funnier bit was just that she was like, they're fairies right away. It was, <laughs> was more funny to me that she just like, was like, oh, my first instinct is fairies, which is such an out of nowhere answer for the riddle. Well, honestly... <laughs> Okay, so I was re-listening last night and taking a bunch of notes, and they do say right at the very beginning of that riddle, we are little fairy creatures, all of different voice and features. They are fairies! That's true. But it's like, it would be so odd if that was the answer. Right? I, I mean, yeah, I guess. I think it's what it is, and, and she does it with a, with a later one, too. 
too with the the riddle about the book that she she tries to reason herself out of the answer and by being very pedantic about everything and i think it's because peter's not there and peter is usually <laughs> the one who takes the role of being a pedantic little asshole about everything and so without him there she like overcompensated and couldn't couldn't get to the answers because she was trying to be way more like persnickety about the wording well you, you always have to be persnickety about riddle wording so mm -hmm. you know i understand where she's coming from certainly i honestly didn't think when did they rip on her i can't even remember when they ripped on her about that uh, i think a few a few times it's not usually like a long oh, thing okay. but it, they, it comes up every now and again and they they yeah. kind of rib her a little bit yeah, about no, fairies she, <laughs> she definitely she definitely got it pretty quick it was yeah i, I wouldn't think it was very slow or she was yeah not think, quick, uh, yeah. yeah the most recent time it came up was with the memento thing and i think actually there paolo just gave her credit so maybe it's kind of shifted hmm, yeah and maybe then to just being like she did this yeah i definitely uh, i don't remember who it was but they didn't get the riddle even though it was the same just like variation that yeah. was tim yeah oh, that's right it was tim <laughs> you know what it was i remembered in rogue one people they, they give jaws a little bit of crap about about the the, the fairies riddle because they go through the whole jedi temple with oh, all the traps yeah. and stuff and <laughs> at some point someone kind of just jokes about like riddles and fairies and vowels and she gets very defensive sometimes about it. why is this is this before or after the crystal goes in a mouth? <laughs> yeah, for real. It's the only thing I Was remember. that a dark crystal by any chance? Oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> or was it one that just shows your heart's desires? Oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is a huge plot hole. It's not a plot <laughs> hole. It's just a shitty gift. <laughs> that was a great. There's a couple of really good exchanges between Jaws and Paolo. Like, very out of character. <laughs> just And I do. Again, I get the sense that Jaws maybe just doesn't like this movie very much. She seems very critical of, like, the things that are in it. <laughs> and I kind of agree honestly it's it's a very odd movie based on what i was reading in the script <laughs> and everything that i've you know learned about it just through cultural osmosis it's mm -hmm. it's it's it's, it's an, like an adventure film at its heart right sort of like kid goes to a strange weird land full of weird creatures and has to go save like her little brother that's the that's the tone of it i'm getting like a like a never-ending story sort of tone to it that's, that's the vibe that i get just i mean I, I've never watched it. I've seen tiny little bits of it here and there, and and like cultural osmosis, like like you were saying, is a lot. And it, it seems to have that kind of vibe, the the never ending story thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Kind of that same kind of time capsule era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is definitely along those lines. I think TV tropes calls it classic hero's journey. Sarah's uh, it's kind of a maybe a coming of age sort of thing as yeah, yeah. Um, Sarah's learning. You know that childhood is kind of free of responsibility and she's learning as she becomes a teenager that she is having to be more responsible and having to think about her actions a little more and so forth there's it's apparently very very deep like really once you start analyzing it but i don't want to go that deep with <laughs> any of it <laughs> you know, i want to talk much more about david bowie's hair <laughs> yeah, well it could only yeah, work in the 80s <laughs> Or anime, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, there was another moment early on, too, 
I, I, it's so, I don't know if this is just Jaws being Jaws and trying to like find the most chaotic way through a movie, but just like how quickly, instead of just following the path, she's just, just like, I'm going to try to talk to the wall and then I'm going to try to push <laughs> the wall open. And there's just such a, a strange choice to make in that moment, which weirdly did make stuff happen. But it's like, I don't know if that was that or just again, like her trying to just get through the like speed run the movie, basically. Yeah, she well, they they did the- very quick. Mm-hmm. I found like, I thought this, as you can see, it's only like one episode when you go to it, but like, it's a whole movie. Usually it takes a little while, but they, I don't know, they they did, she did seem to like speed run it, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially because they didn't go the way that she goes in the movie and this is all a different path. I yeah. There was a lot kind of potential of- for this to drag, to drag on, on pretty long. If it really, if she really just got deep, deep stuck in the labyrinth. Well, that was one of the things I wanted to say. Cause like, I mean, if we compare this to something like wizard of oz i feel like it definitely had that same kind of potential but at the same time it kind of feels like maybe the structure of the labyrinth was designed to be more of a one-shot scenario mm-hmm. yeah especially with like the one-on-one player kind of aspect and i think another thing that plays into it too and this was one of the things i had written down is talking with the wall later on when jaws falls into the bog after failing trying to save hoggle you know she fails and falls in and then she's kind of like oh wait he can just drop down now. Like, I don't have to I can catch him kind of thing. So, like, there's really no consequences for failure, right? Not to say, like, it was, like, railroady, right? Because, obviously, she went off the rails in the first choice mm-hmm. of path. But um, I think it was really interesting to see how, like, all all destinations ended up with, like, her confrontation with Jairus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the nature of a labyrinth. Uh, in general, too, is to be a little railroady, where kind of all the paths lead to the center. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, little, but not so much. Yeah, it makes sense, I think. Like, I could use nouns in there somewhere, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think the railroading does, it does work and it functions in this. And I think it definitely was built to be a one shot. But it, it gives me the same kind of vibe as like Jumanji, where I just want to see more of what was in the labyrinth. I just want to go, I want him <laughs> yeah. to just, I want him to just take someone else and plop them at the beginning of it and see what happens. Do you think that was almost kind of like Jaws's choice? Like when she had the path and she was like, oh, no, I went the wrong way. Well, let's see what happens if I try to go through the wall. What do you have planned here? <laughs> she's just testing the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's big on that. She definitely does that. I mean, she started the very first the very first question that she had was were there any other large owls I could ask for a ride. Yeah. She fly right over it. Immediately goes to the taking the eagles to Mordor question. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's actually one of the things that I, I wrote down this morning when I was listening to it. It was just like, her immediate thought was, can I skip the labyrinth? Exactly. <laughs> Which is a very good thought, really. Yeah. Well, it comes up again, too, when she has the book. She's just like, can I just write myself home? Yeah. Will you yeah. let me out? She really does. I mean, it, uh, as close to like in-game cheating as possible without actually <laughs> cheating of just realizing the power of that book in that moment. Yeah, she's definitely just trying to like bend the rules best to her, <laughs> best to her Am ability. I dreaming? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I roll dreaming? <laughs> Here's another question that I have. Hoggle seems to be really interested in plastic, which leads me to wonder if he was friends with that father-in-law from The Graduate. You know, the next big thing, plastic. (laughs) Maybe he was in league with him. And maybe that's the crossover we need. Or maybe not. (laughs) 
I have nothing. I have no. I have no response to that. <laughs> this is nothing. That I, that's, that's not what I thought I'd be laughing at at four thirty. And the, okay, well, the wall, the wall with the eyes too. As she was like touching, like I was getting really grossed out with her. Like she's touching the eyes and trying to turn them and push at them and everything. I'm like, stop touching their eyes. Yeah, well, it was. But I feel then, like there was a moment where you could tell Paolo was just like, "Can you just keep walking down the hallway instead of doing this?" <laughs> like I'm getting really creeped out now. Can we please? <laughs> but then he said, "Yeah, the blocks have eyes." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, is that the Big City remake of The Hills Have Eyes?" That remake we need. You can tell that I haven't had a lot of sleep the past 24 hours. <laughs> You've thought a lot about movie crossovers. I really, I really was. He just everything they said, like, oh, that sounds like something. She she got the um, butterflies in the wall really quick too. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. Butterflies, butterflies in the wall. Oh, are they are they there or are they real or whatever? And they start climbing them. I was like, oh wow, <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't have guessed that at all. <laughs> yeah, no. She didn't only... look for pinion points. Marion <laughs> <laughs> Ravenwood doesn't know shit I... about pinion points. <laughs> <laughs> I kind Maybe of Sarah does. Felt that way about like every riddle that like she's presented with. It doesn't really seem like it takes her any time to just kind of snap to the answer after the first one, after the vowels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does seem to get them no, uh, quite quickly. Yeah, I think she. I think it's just she overthinks. <laughs> yeah, she gets it quickly and then That's tries fair. to talk herself out of the answer. <laughs> because that yeah, couldn't possibly got, be right. When you haven't got like Peter there, like yelling yeah. at you or like being all naughty. <laughs> easy to focus, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, Paolo, Paolo seemed really mad that she figured out the butterflies so fast. <laughs> he, he, he's yeah. very peeved. He's think? Like, oh. <laughs> I think he even said so. He was like, she she said something about like, oh, that face. And he was just like, you just figured that out really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it whenever whenever that happens anytime in any episode where someone does something that's he's clearly done as a challenge and then they just beat it straight away. And he you can just like hear it in his voice. You this can is feel that, it. You can feel yeah. like a bit of that sadness. He's, he's, him or Tim are just like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, how many hours of backstory do I just throw out now? <laughs> like in, uh, I think it's, I think it's, yeah, it's in Rogue One when they kill that boss creature thing. Oh yeah, it's like sleeping in the rubble, and he's just like, oh, it's dead. <laughs> I meant he's for like, that to oh, be well. challenging. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do, that, and they do that fairly often. I mean, they kill the main bad guy in Raiders in the like, the second scene. Yeah. <laughs> Should, yeah, it's it's definitely good these things happen, though. That's why the, that's why it's such an interesting uh, concept for the podcast. Like, it's just like, oh, anything can happen, and mm-hmm. let's see where this goes. And, and, and quite, yeah, it quite probably and, will. <laughs> so, but this one Wait. never went too much off the rails. This was all pretty, apart from going a different route. Obviously, this is all yeah, similar. The same labyrinth. Nothing, yeah, nothing too wild happened. I guess that's what, like, what happens when you've only got one person rolling. You don't have all these random thoughts and actions want to happen. And, and yeah, yeah. So, when, you've, when you've got three or four people, all those those dice rolls all start to really compound and quickly create a new movie with one person it's definitely a little more a little harder to experience that level of chaos yeah yeah there was no crit success or fails i think was it i I think you're right I don't, I don't think there remember. was a single crit in this campaign. I was trying to remember, and when I re-listened the other day, I wasn't actively remembering, but then I was like, I just don't think they did have any. I think it was all, there was no, yeah, no no big roles. <laughs> yeah, no, I think she was um, making it by, you know, one or two, and that last roll was exactly on 13, to the mm-hmm. nubbin. Yeah, I know, they, so. they said that they ended the movie almost exactly like the movie yeah because it was always that last line apparently that she had trouble remembering 
mm. that the character had trouble remembering. So it was, and her role was exactly to the nubbin. So very similar. Mm-hmm. in the same way and of course i did not write down that line does anybody <laughs> no, else remember either. it nah. no <laughs> no it's so it's a long line like it's it's very wordy it's like of Agreed. course it's hard to remember it's like i don't i don't, right? I don't blame her for not remembering <laughs> mm-hmm. right yeah <laughs> yeah because like having not seen the movie when they start describing like what she's gonna have to do i was like oh you do remember like just barely and i was like it's gonna be like five words or like one small sentence and it's like it's a it's a full-on passage like it's it's quite long <laughs> there's a whole lot going on in that and it's it was too much to write down apparently <laughs> so <laughs> i got nothing but it's probably something very heartwarming and and life affirming and something probably also about growing up or something. It you was, yeah, you know, it was something about how I have I'm my power is equal to yours, I think, or my strength is is equal to yours. Oh, you have no power over me. Right. Yeah. That was the very last line. Yeah, and the lead up has a lot of the stuff whole about rest, power. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that that whole thing was a thing, but that very last line was you have no power over me. Which is probably not something that you want to tell your kids to, you know, say. <laughs> you have no power like over you me. You have no power over me. No, I'm your parent. Stop it. She's learning some good, some good lessons here. Setting <laughs> boundaries. Right? Like, I don't know how this is a kid's movie, but... I'm, I've got to see this movie now. I feel like at this point, it's, it's rude of me not to see this movie. I was going to ask um, a few other people. Um, this is a good time because no one else I know listens to this. Has there been many movies that you've watched after you've listened to a re-roll if you've never seen it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Alien. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you, you said that on one of the other episodes, did you? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, one yeah. that I, I had never seen until until after the re-roll. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. all right, it's time. I, I didn't used to like scary movies as a kid, so I just never watched it. Oh, sure. What, what did you? What did you think of the difference in, in, in all that? <laughs> um, I mean, it, Alien is a darn near perfect movie. I enjoyed the banter more in the re-roll version, I think. Yeah. I liked I liked the way that the, the crew meshed together in a bantering way more than in the actual movie. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I'm really trying to think. I'm still yet to watch Time Bandits because... I've never even heard of that film before. <laughs> and obviously this one as well. I'll probably try and go watch this. I probably should have watched it before this, but <laughs> it was it was strange because when I initially found the podcast and I was looking at all the episodes that were out, there's like 40 at the time. When I saw Labyrinth, I didn't know this film and my mind automatically thought of the, um, uh, what's it called? Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Del Toro yeah. film. And Very I, different. I, remember I watched that and I didn't like it. And instantly since then, I was like, oh, I'm not going to listen to that episode because I didn't really like that movie. <laughs> and for the longest time, I thought it was Pan's Labyrinth, not this Labyrinth. <laughs> and so I just tossed it aside for the longest time. And then eventually I went to it and then I was like, oh, okay, it's not <laughs> it's not the movie. It's that very I- different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm trying to, I'm scrolling through their episodes and I'm not seeing anything that I've actually seen afterwards. That's what I just did. I've got a, I've got a couple. I hadn't watched Rogue One and after Mm. seeing it and watching it, I feel like there are two completely different movies. They have the same story beat, Mm -hmm. but the way that I felt it play out in the re-roll versus like the movie itself was totally different. And Mm -hmm. then conversely, the other one in this list that I saw after was Blade Runner which 
Oh man, I don't even know. I don't even know if I could pick one that I prefer more. I think they're both so good, both in like their mediums, right? Like Blade Runner as a movie, having never watched it, I really enjoyed. And then the reroll itself, I feel like they did so much more to help the world come alive. Not to say that there wasn't an adequate amount of world building in Blade Runner, but you know, it just felt like more of the same. I feel like they hit that same kind of essence really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Also, I, just, I was just looking through the list, which is a good idea. Practical Magic. Never, never watched that. Never, never seen it anywhere. Yeah, I never. Matter. Yeah, it's a really sweet movie. I saw it ages ago. It was already out on DVD, but you know, I saw it ages ago. It was really sweet and. And I think that the re-roll kind of gave you a little more backstory than the movie itself did for the characters, oddly enough. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, the ones that I haven't seen are really like Adventure Time and Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. You know, things like that, that I just, I'm probably never going to see those, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know? Adventure Time's worth seeing. Adventure I had, Time is worth it. I had just finished watching that whole series. My daughter is five. I think she was like three or four uh, when I was watching it, but it's a, it's a fun show. And actually, that's some of some of the best casting as far as like Peter as the Ice King is amazing. Yeah, spot on. Um, but I hate to be, I hate to be the one to do this, but back to back to back to back to Labyrinth. Um <laughs> Uh, I would. I was hoping that anybody else, because I mean, I like David Bowie uh, and his music. I've I've got favorite songs of his, but I'm not intimately familiar. Does anybody else have a list of where the quotes are? Because I know he he stashed a bunch of of David Bowie lyrics in. I know, like I caught uh, the stars look very different from space from yeah from space Oddity. yeah at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one that I I can't remember what it was, but I remember I heard one line and I was like, oh, I know that's from a song, but I. Now I can't remember what it was. Right. That's something I did not write down. No. No, I didn't. I didn't grab any. Yeah, it was just that one at the beginning, and then I know there was one that really hit me in the middle, and then I now I can't remember what it was. Somewhere at the end where he was trying to convince her to be his queen, I think there was yes. a line about I'll be your slave, which I think is the title of one of his songs on one of the later albums. That's right, that's right. Uh, I, hoping, I think someone made a list at one point, but I, I I can't even begin to think of where to find that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be vilified when it goes up. Oh, yeah, people <laughs> we'll are going to be so upset. Oh, my God, thank don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, why? I know that there's only like really one character, but do you think there was a reason why uh, they didn't get someone to play like Hoggle or, um, or something like that, or was it? It was just like was it definitely just designed just to be like a smaller episode? I, I get the sense that it was designed specifically to to be a lot more like low key. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's I think definitely taking out the other people was Paolo's way of ensuring that it didn't just devolve into jokes and crosstalk because um, he wanted it to be at least somewhat serious. Would so be my guess. Be- he wanted to be more pure to the movie and more, more yeah. true to the Yeah, I think so. And I think he did... I mean, I think he did railroad things a little bit to make sure that the movie finished, basically, to make sure that it went more or less right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think also just there was no way to guarantee that she would end up sticking with Hoggle for the whole time. So, you know, it's like if you brought someone in to play Hoggle and then two seconds into it, you know, she did something that caused her to not meet Hoggle or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, think that- I think that it may have also had something to do with um, just their how soon after David Bowie's passing, 
and they recorded it and released it, it's just easier, I think, maybe just to get two schedules together mm-hmm. yeah. than three or four or five. Yeah, that's that's definitely part yeah. of it, probably. I would really hate to be Paolo sometimes when he's trying to schedule things. Like when you hear him talking uh, at the start or end of an episode when they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like we did the last episode six months ago or something like that. And there's these big time gaps between some episodes and we get them like, you know, we get them one week and then we get them the next week. But in reality, that took like a year. <laughs> yeah. Just to do that, like, yeah. I think you can definitely understand why he probably does some one-on-ones sometimes as opposed to group stuff. Definitely mm. got the hardcore like D&D group vibes there. Yeah. Right. I think like Pirates of the Caribbean was two years between starting and finishing. Yeah, I know Aladdin had a big gap yeah, between the first episode. Like and, I think they mentioned in Aladdin that there was over a year between episode one and two recording. But then they did like the last chunk of it all pretty quickly, I think. And Pirates right. was also one where I think they recorded like the first two episodes and then had this huge break in between until they I got think, to like the third one. I think, I might be wrong, but I think Jurassic Park had that too. I think they, they yeah. mentioned at the start of one of the episodes, I don't know which one it is, second or third. Just because that's a big cast on that one. And I was like, I can, I can understand because they got Jonathan there as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. And yeah, I, it would just be a scheduling nightmare. Like yeah. honestly, like they've yeah. got such like well, they're all. Uh, I guess they don't have structured like jobs. A lot of them, I suppose. Yeah, they're they're mostly theater people and and actors and things like that. So their schedules are all over the place. I'm sure. I know that Scott's ended up like in Florida for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they're also doing you know productions out of outside of new york mm-hmm. and i think jaws moved jaws, she I got think, into yeah, she got she into lives in california now, i think yeah, yeah like a master's or a i'm not sure which post yeah some kind of some kind of you know theater program like high-end stuff which is really cool but yeah right, I mean, yeah absolutely hopefully with everything you know trying to always look on the bright side of like all the shutdowns and the pandemic it's everyone's gotten a lot more used to these kind of remote recording situations so hopefully it actually ends up making things easier for them to do scheduling because it's not as essential to get everybody in the same room true it's good it's really good for them because they do know each other you know too as opposed to a bunch of internet strangers kind of feeling out you know how to have a conversation like yeah like we're doing right (laughs) you know as opposed to that like they know each other and they can kind of create their vibes online a little bit because they've played together in the room Mm -hmm. i think they're definitely yeah definitely with them being friends for a long time before it helps because i was just re-listening to um i think it was pokemon the other day and yeah. they were retelling the pants ripping story <laughs> <laughs> when Apollo had like really old pants and and jaws stained them or something and and oh, and yeah. he was he was he was at a party oh, like, he was on yeah. stage or something and she kept telling him to get rid of him and he never did and then like they just like ripped open like from like front to back <laughs> it was an audition she she took like a seam ripper and she um and she undid like every other stitch or something yeah. like straight up the middle of his pants and he was at an audition and they split <laughs> yeah it's, that's one of the things that really drew me to the pot the, the podcast initially i mean other than just like the fun premise and everything but it was just like listening to them banter clearly being mm-hmm. like all really good friends they, it has this way of feeling like you're part of their friend group just the way that they do the show which has remained one of my favorite things about re-listening is it feels like you're you know just like sitting quietly with them at the table yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it really feel like, does feel like tim in the background just sitting there watching like yeah. <laughs> 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 just, you hear him like off mic sometimes he's like oh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Finger steepled. You know. That's exactly. That's exactly Listen, how I imagine him. <laughs> I, she goes left. I go right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is why I love this show so much because it really is just like hanging out with friends. Mm. Not this show particularly. I don't like any of you, but yeah, you know. yeah. this is awesome. <laughs> but you know, oh, well, I the like film reroll itself <laughs> is like hanging out with friends. <laughs> nice I want to say strangers with you guys. <laughs> I don't want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely they definitely a good great good group of friends. And it shows it definitely shows a lot when you're listening and they're just like throwing shade at each other or like just making yeah. constant references to things in the past and and, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of deep cuts to their own like just private games that they've played together. I still yeah, I, I want to know the origin of some kind of cat. They they drop that one a lot. <laughs> I want to know about how that came about. <laughs> some kind of cat. Some kind of cat? Yeah, they they drop that a lot, and I, someone mentioned eventually that that was a cut from like their D and D game that they used to play together. Oh, there is this. There's always something new to hear <laughs> every time I re-listen. Yeah, listen, look for it now. You'll find it in okay. a lot of episodes. Obviously, I'm going to have to go back and <laughs> start like, all over. Start it's over. Like that, that one ring scenario. It's like they mention something, and you're like, "Oh, that sounds cool," and they'll just like drop little, mm-hmm. little trinkets along the way. It's like, "Oh yeah, like when this happened before," and you're like, "Oh, that's a cool story. I'd like to hear more of that, please." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll hear more of it in a year when they say it again. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that—that's one of the one of my favorite things. Like always, takes me. Like I remember Paolo's story about him and his mom, and like what time looks like. Yes. Oh, jeez. That's an amazing story. And you'll have to listen to the film re-roll, whichever episode that turns up on, because I can't repeat it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't yeah, repeat it. begin to. I couldn't possibly tell it half as well as Paolo does anyway. <laughs> I know that Labyrinth is such an odd episode in general. It doesn't really fit within a lot of other stuff. But I'm trying, I was trying to think, are there any other jokes or, or bits that end up getting kind of like repeated and amalgamated into other stuff other than just joking about Jaws and the vowels? But right. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was done or said that kind of came up later as a joke or as a as a riff but i because it was just two of them i don't feel like there was anything that really stuck all that much no I yeah it was, no it, it was wasn't much joking and like there mm-hmm. wasn't much like you know, banter i suppose there's a lot more like uh, like story mm-hmm. yeah the only thing that i felt like really kind of hit on that same kind of like film re-roll vibe was just the way that like jaws didn't really seem to take anything in the world super seriously like when she was clapping back i can't remember i wrote down catch 22 i think this was one of the last snapbacks that she made um and i can't remember what it was now <laughs> me and my terrible notes oh but... there's one oh uh <laughs> <laughs> one that I really it was after she used the book to try to like just end the movie basically and then it's just it looks like she's back and then Jareth comes in and says oh did you think you could use my book against me and she just kind of goes well yeah yeah <laughs> clearly yeah. obviously <laughs> pa- why not pa- it stops Paolo in his tracks like he's just like God. <laughs> you can tell he was like about to like say another line and he just couldn't he just got completely took the wind out of his sails <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's always funny when he when he you know, like we were saying before he just gets something something changes on him and then you can just tell he's just like oh well <laughs> that ruins that whole entire thing I had planned yeah there goes <laughs> my moment right I can I can just imagine the pages being ripped out of the notebook okay there goes that it's very RPG though isn't it like There's a couple times when Peter's like oh yeah he's like you bastard I can see he's like he's always got that gleam in his eye like when when he believes he can thinks he can do something really evil and he's like oh. I'm trying to give an example, but like when that, like when they say, like you know, uh, you can do this for a free action, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you don't know what's gonna happen. 
You could totally drive straight through the dinosaur's legs. I won't even make your roll for it. Yeah. Uh, the water's filling up. An adult can't fit through there, but a kid could. Yeah. Well, the kids might, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was just evil. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, I can just see you grinning. <laughs> Picture like this smirk on his face just coming up with that. <laughs> well, that's something that comes up a lot too. And like, I almost feel like I can see it, you know, because they, uh, one of the, somebody references later on how when they do derail Paolo's planning, like he has this look of just like everything exploding in his mind and like putting it back <laughs> together. I can't remember where that came up, but like he said, you can see it in his eyes. So yeah. Well, I know like, um, I think Scott mentions it in Bill and Ted and he, he really like called out how impressive it is, like what Paolo does and just like, we're, you know, entering these random numbers. It's going to take us to this random time and space and all it is is Paolo's just like cool why don't you guys go go pick up some more beer and like they get back in 10 minutes and he's like got a whole new world like already ready to go for yeah. them and it is really impressive his ability I, I know a lot of it's just editing magic but it always it does feel like he just can on the fly adapt mm. to this insanity and to a certain degree he does but certainly he can pause and think for a minute <laughs> conspire yeah conspire apparently with he and he and tim have little canoodling sessions sometimes <laughs> yeah, once we've right. gone too far <laughs> off the rails take 10 minutes but like 10 minutes and they figured out a way to get back you know into plans so mm-hmm. i that's that's impressive to me just even taking 10 minutes because i mean it'll take me It'll take me the next 45 minutes to figure out the next thing I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I, I really probably need to be more like Peter Strait and just say whatever's just let coming it, let out of my mouth. Not I even think about it. I think my best, I think the best name someone called him, I think it was Scott. Scott's like, you know what you are, Peter? You're a joke jackal. You just sit yes. and you wait and then you pounce and make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. such a good name. <laughs> definitely one of those like, is Scott really mad at Peter right now? <laughs> is this, you know? Know. Peter is definitely the most common uh, one where interactions with other people sometimes are like, ooh. Are they really angry right now, or it's always someone, someone and Peter it's having that yeah. moment? John and Peter and Scott and Peter are very much like it, those two are somewhat antagonistic. <laughs> yeah, but but I also don't know how much that's uh, like a bit that Peter has kind of bought himself into, and just exactly how much I think there's. I think with Scott, I think that he does get annoyed. <laughs> Like I really think there's a lot of annoyance that that happens there. Yeah, I think I think Peter sees sees Scott getting frustrated and just enjoys like just needling him even harder on it, just like stirring him up. <laughs> yeah, I think with Peter and John, like apparently they've known each other for like ten plus years, so I think for them it's definitely a bit right. But, and I think it is for the most part with Scott too. But I think I think Scott does get actually annoyed sometimes, and yeah, Peter just yeah. doesn't take it seriously and likes to needle him further. Yeah, I yeah. Think, well, I think Peter Scott likes to play it very not straight, but I guess he gets, likes to get right into it. I guess like yeah, doesn't doesn't enjoy the joking around as much that Peter does to the level and degree that Peter does. I think like yeah, he does seem bad. to yeah. want to tell the story. 
Well, Peter came up with that concept of like how, how he rolled dice and gave him like chips or something to the, <laughs> yeah the shut up for like every yeah. episode. Yeah, and then someone made someone made actual little wood tokens for them too. I think they they put it on Twitter. Someone would oh, really? cut would cut little tokens that say like Peter shut the fuck up or something on them, <laughs> and oh, so nice. he just has like a little baggie of tokens that he can throw at Peter when he wants him to be quiet. I love it. I would I would really love to see. A, um, if they did one and they actually like filmed it all, if they actually had like a actually like a live, like, not a live, but like a filmed one, if it wasn't just audio, we could actually like go like watch it on YouTube or something and like watch them play. Oh, sure. Something that's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that takes a little more time, but yeah, yeah, like a Twitch live stream or something. Yeah, something like that'd be pretty cool. I imagine. Yeah, like, yeah. It would. I I get the sense that they do edit out quite a bit of. Oh yeah. Obviously, yeah. of like you know GURPS math and stuff like that, but I think they cut out a lot of. Um, a lot of just like talk and stuff too. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it would be really fun to see them do a live stream one, but I think weirdly enough, a lot of the magic of how the show comes across would get a little lost. It could get a little mired in just <laughs> riffing and math. They'd have to do, they'd have to do something that doesn't require a ton of GURPS math. So it'd have to be something without, without a ton of like combat, I think. Yeah. But it could be, I, I think it could be done. I don't know. Is um, Critical Role... Uh, I listened to that one as a podcast, but they seem to do it uh, live, like yeah, a live stream, awesome. like every Thursday, don't they? they or they every do. other Thursday? Yeah, a lot of that stuff is broadcast live on Twitch. So I think I think they could honestly capture a lot of that same kind of momentum mm-hmm. and magic that Critical Role does, because I feel like they have that same kind of chemistry, even right. when they get together and get off the rails, you know, mm-hmm. like and just come back. Yeah, not another D and D podcast is also one that does live stream shows, and the live stream ones have the same kind of flow as their not live ones. So I just don't know. I mean, it could be that they would be able to pull it off, or it could be that without the power of editing, it would just be a lot more just them chatting, which you know, honestly, well, I, I wouldn't think... hate. No, really, yeah. I wouldn't hate that either. Something that leads credence too is you know they all have the theater backgrounds, mm-hmm. so they'd be primed in the same kind of position as a bunch of voice actors true okay so i want to hear oh who's the who's the gm for critical role uh matt mercer matt mercer mm-hmm. i want to hear a voice off between paulo Kiros and matt mercer Ooh. Would that you, mean, not, like... you mean jimmy stewart and matt mercer <laughs> <laughs> my god you know what speaking of jimmy stewart i think we can get back to labyrinth this way because <laughs> finally <laughs> <laughs> back to back if to you library. can believe it <laughs> because the junkyard lady there near the end as she was going through that junkyard trying to get into the castle I guess there was the junkyard lady she sounded just like Aunt Anne from Wizard of Oz I didn't yeah. catch that Interesting. just like her it was incredible I haven't listened to Wiz- Wizard of Oz for a while I listened to it over and over I, I, I kind of remember one. yeah because I'm weird like that, but no, mm-hmm. I just really the lore of Wizards of Oz and the possibilities that exist so in that yeah. dream world is just so amazing. Jones just breaks that whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, John had part. John had a good, good helping hand in breaking oh, that one geez. too. Yeah, how quickly did he decide to just axe the good witch to the face? Yeah. Like, I mean, I know we were about to talk about Labyrinth, but yeah, uh, that movie is wild. Not the whole, the whole and off the rails movie. immediately. <laughs> this is why I hate you guys. 
Jeez. Go home, internet strangers. <laughs> You're drunk. I am home. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I mean, it, God, they really rolled through this movie so fast that it's, it's not as dense with stuff to talk about mechanically or anything. I'm trying to think of other stuff that I caught in, in Labyrinth that, that I meant to talk about, but I think, I think I've hit most of what I wrote down. There's no real roles that were like super climatic, I guess. Nothing that was really like... I don't know, there was, there was no like, real super interesting roles, I found. Like, it was all very, oh, you know, now roll this, now roll this, like... Yeah, there was never, I think, and I think you mentioned it before, it seemed like there weren't a lot of consequences for failed roles. No. It was yeah, pretty... It was, yeah, that was... It was easy She going. lost a hit point falling on her bum at one point. Yeah, you hurt your bum. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I was trying to think of, there, were, there weren't a lot of roles that like, wow, that could have really changed the outcome or changed the course of it. Most of the big moments were stuff that Jaws just kind of did or decided to do that, that didn't need rolling for. Choosing left or right. Mm-hmm. And that... You know, ultimately, didn't Roll change flip, a ton. It was still going through a labyrinth. You're just getting different. You're just seeing different parts of, of the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. It was. A, it was. There were really interesting choices. I think John said too, to her too. Like it's not about whether you chose correctly. It's you know you you made a choice and you got a lot of different experiences and and it was really a, you know, a lot of interesting choices. You know. Yeah, and, and I completely as- agree. As much as it was done in GURPS, it definitely has like more of a choose-your-own-adventure kind of vibe to it. It doesn't really seem like there was ever a wrong answer, just what mm-hmm. Jaws decided to do. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if she would have ever come across the Yeti then, if she had chosen page 53 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's great to see that Paolo really wanted to do this episode, because you can tell that he, he immensely loved Bowie. And yeah. meant so much to him, and it just feels like a real, just a real passion uh, project. Mm-hmm. This episode, like, was just for like, don't care, like, if listeners don't like it, or or it might seem strange, you know, for a fourth episode. Like, I was bitching about the start, but right. like, he's like, I know we're just putting out there because you know this is just our tribute to him, and I think that's, I think that's, that's just, that's like amazing that they did that, and that was his, that was his, like, you know, his gift to him, and like everything that he's inspired him during his life sort of so it, it was good to see that they, they they do have things but there hasn't really been too many other episodes like that i don't think there might have been but off the top of my head i can't think of anything yeah i think the only other one that i that feels it definitely has more jokey bits because it's that's more than one person but weekend at bernie's to me feels very oh, different yeah. feels very different than a lot of their other movies and i think like peter and andy vibes so well like as those characters that there almost wasn't room for out of character chatting and joking because they were doing yeah. it in character in movie like it was there was no need for them to joke with each other out of character like those characters just were them and they did such a good job like it wasn't so much a passion project but i think the three of them paolo and peter and andy like in that movie they just got so into the vibe that it it took on a very different feel than a lot of other movies Mm, yeah, see, I was gonna say Goonies kind of had that same kind of tribute aspect mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, definitely. Paolo did. I mean, like, uh, like what Jack was saying, Paolo did this for him, you know, as a tribute, and I mm. think that really shows through here. Like, it wasn't it wasn't for the film reroll, but like in a way, it was for him to kind of get this, maybe even grief, you know? Yeah, like a processing, like a like a yeah. Um, healing process almost sort of thing maybe definitely <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i could see that in this a lot of just i mean he, he obviously didn't get into why david bowie is so important to him 
because that's you know certainly very personal stuff. But it, it does seem like he's doing he did this movie as a tribute, but also to help himself, you know, deal with that. I think, mm-hmm. which is really neat. Super good. And that kind of listeners is only the first half of the conversation that Big Jack, Rye, Peter, and I had about Labyrinth. And as I'm watching myself impose deadline for releasing this episode, whoosh by, I think I'll save that second half for release as a sort of bonus episode. Meanwhile, if you want to contact us about anything we've said, you can find Big Jack from down under at BigJackAsaurus94 on Instagram. Rye is Cash Cash on Twitter and Reddit. That's C-A-S-H-C-A-C-H-E. Peter's other podcast is Drink Something, Say Something, where they drink beer and say stuff. And he can be reached at drinksomething.saysomething on Instagram. My name is Anita, and you can reach me at the Film Reroll Fancast at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.